Hello and welcome. I am Dr. Lara May, a clinical pharmacist specializing in functional medicine, as well as a certified yoga teacher and Reiki master. I run a truly integrative health coaching practice, encompassing functional medicine lab testing, yoga and meditation, and a sprinkling of Reiki energy medicine. Join me here on Light Body Radio to break through your health plateau and come into alignment with your natural vitality. Hello and welcome to Light Body Radio. Today I have with me Dr. Christiana Schroeder, founder and program director of Hello Happy Nest, author and podcast host. Her mission is to inspire women on their journey to wellness, conquering food allergies and brain fog. As a health and happiness coach, she's an award-winning author, course creator, fitness instructor, and college professor. Her academic journey includes earning a Fulbright scholarship to study in the U.S., and achieving her master's and PhD in applied economics, specializing in food safety and obesity. Currently, Christiana shares her expertise as a professor in California, teaching innovation and entrepreneurship and food marketing. In her leisure time, she enjoys spending quality moments with her husband and two daughters, taking leisurely walks at the beach, exploring local farmer's markets to savor seasonal produce, I love it, and having a blast with her book club ladies join her in this beautiful journey together. So I'm so happy to have you. Welcome. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. And it's certainly always a pleasure to meet new people and also reach out to new audiences. So I appreciate it. Yeah, so you have a very interesting background, sort of uh, like myself, you know, incorporating so very much academic and, um, you know, left brain things and then some very, you know, right brain things. So tell us sort of your journey about how you came to be incorporating uh, both these two aspects of your career. Yeah, that's a great question. So when I did my PhD um, in health economics and then applied economics, at first I was really just looking at scientific topics. And then, you know, applied economics, there's a lot of quantitative topics you could be doing. And I always thought, well, if I do my PhD, I need to do something I'm really passionate about. Uh, if you're not passionate about this, you're probably going to give up one way or another because doing your PhD, there are definitely high moments where you absolutely adore it and then low moments where you think, why in the world am I doing this? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I needed something that keeps me go through the why in the world am I doing this? And I thought, well, I'm personally really passionate about health and wellness and maybe nutrition, kind of like figuring out how can I eat healthy? And because I was a college student myself, how can I eat healthy on a budget? So I actually established a model where I look at changing prices of foods and how does that reflect in body weight? So I basically connected um, looking at high calorie foods, which are typically lower priced, changing the price of high calorie foods and making them more expensive how would that reflect with regard to looking at body weight so if you're looking at like for instance fast food which is typically very inexpensive making fast food more expensive and there is actually a famous tax 
and then looking at how that reflects with um, consumers. And on the same token, subsidizing fruits and vegetables and increasing consumption of those, how would that reflect on body weight? So I really enjoyed my work and because I really dove into at that point a newer topic um, that has been awarded since then with a few amazing publication awards. And I always felt this was great for the scientific community, but I also need to do more for people that don't necessarily read scientific articles. So I became a fitness instructor, um, have a lot of um, community members in my classes, and I also do one-on-one -on -one coaching as well as e-courses. So it's been really great in letting the PhD bridge into other audiences and other topics. Awesome. So let's talk about happiness. Let's start there. Uh, before we get into uh, where we're going eventually is the one minute mantra, which I'm super excited to talk about too. So why happiness? Like, is that something that's actually attainable? Or is it something that we are constantly just chasing? What do you what do you think about that? Yeah, so my Instagram handle and website, um, as well as my business, of course, is called Hello Happy Nest. And if you think about that, what you associate with a nest, kind of like calls, I mean, what's the first thing that comes to your mind when I say nest? The first word that maybe pops in your head. Like a bird's nest, so like a home. Exactly. So you have, it's it's really this comfort feeling you're in a space where you feel cozy and comfortable and just like being yourself. And that's really what we're trying to get to in our body. And also, of course, aligning our body, mind, and soul. How can we be happy? How can we feel healthy? How can we feel comfortable with ourselves? And I, over the course of my studies, but also my life, I always felt I was chasing one thing or another thing. And all of a sudden, I realized that's really not what it's all about. Just like really becoming comfortable with who you are, what you do, and finding things that make you happy. And it's individually different for each person. But really mm -hmm. tapping into connecting more with your feelings and tapping into your inner self and starting to listen to yourself is really what it's all about. And there's no one thing that will make everybody happy. And that's the beautiful thing about creating social connections and meeting others that we are all thriving on other things and it's really just figuring out what you yourself are about and making that self-worth really shine. So I'm all about um, building your best self and also building your happy nest and helping you figure that out. Oh, I love it. I love it. So why mantras? Like, yeah, why so, are they so powerful? Like, why? <laughs> why that? <laughs> so I, I love how you you build your questions. You, this is really amazing. Because as I talked about the happiness at the beginning, it might sound like super challenging. Like, oh, I have no idea really what makes me happy. Uh, a mantra can help you figure that out. Because a mantra is just like the happiness. It will uniquely connect to you and who you are. So typically a mantra is just a word. It could also be a phrase that you repeat to yourself. It's kind of like a mindfulness technique. So I really 
coined the one minute mantra because it's not a long thing that you need to sit down and spend time on. It's really just a very condensed version that you can recite in one minute and you're making it a quick and accessible tool throughout the day. Mm -hmm. So for instance, let's say you're very nervous your one-minute mantra could help you and calm you down and prepare you. Or maybe at night, you're like totally jazzed up. That one-minute mantra could help you calm down. So the mantra is really something you can dig down and it will connect to whatever you need in that moment. And it's like a little toolkit that you can easily access. Yes, I love that. So. Um... I want to fill in with a little bit, um, I think, more context for people too, though. So from my background and teachings and experience, it's our thoughts about something, things that create our feelings about it. And then from there, based on how we feel, we do or don't do something. So then it creates our actions. And then from that, we get our results. So happiness is a feeling. So one could then, you know, sort of reason from there that it's since thoughts create our feelings, that it's our thoughts about something that can de can determine if we're happy or not. So I love this about mantras because and mantras have been used throughout time by different uh, peoples and cultures, uh, religious traditions. And so they do carry, a lot of power. They're um, all oftentimes included in a manifestation process if people, if that's one thing that people are working towards. But even more than that, it really is. So, you know, oftentimes you'll hear a belief is just something, you know, that you keep thinking over and over and over. And so, like you said, if you're feeling anxious and you don't want to, then how do you change that for yourself? You can use this mantra to help change that thought pattern that's creating that feeling of anxiety or anxiousness. So um, maybe just to give people a little bit more um, like a tangible or like broken down to into its components uh, perspective. Um, I don't know. What do you think about any of that that I just said? <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. And um, I actually think, you know, in general, we all have different things that scare us mm -hmm. or different things that um, calm us down and different things that we associate with happiness. So we all wire completely different and our thoughts create different feelings. And so it's really also a mantra is there to become more attuned with your body and in a certain way, even using your thoughts and your feelings to learn more about yourself. Because at the beginning, it might be really hard for you to use a mantra and um, get energized or get calmed down. But over time, it's nearly like a muscle that you're training. You're becoming better at it. And um, the mantra will maybe lead to quicker results. So in a certain mm -hmm. way, it's nearly like you're saying, oh, I'm going to train for a marathon you're not going to run this tomorrow. You have to first establish some tools and that mantra is that tool. And then you keep on practicing and you keep on tweaking it. And over time you realize that maybe whatever scared you 
the mantra will help you and connect those feelings to, you know, the action, which is calming down quicker, mm -hmm. um, which is really what we are after to become yeah. your best self. The mantra will help you then and shorten that time period that you will be your best self. Yeah, it's funny that you brought up the example of running a marathon because I started use so at the same time that I was training for um, my first triathlon, I was also in yoga teacher training. So I started you because I hated the running part, the swimming, the biking, no, no problem. But I knew the running would be my biggest mental block in being successful. And I didn't want to hate it. I wanted to actually enjoy every single piece and every step, literally. So what I decided was that I'm going to get over this mental thing that I have against running. And I'm just going to start using mantras as I run. And so uh, for me at the time, which probably most people wouldn't do, but I started using a Ganesha mantra. So Om Ganagana, uh, Om Ganagana Patiye Namaha. So, and I would just say that over and over, he's the remover of obstacles. So I just kept chanting to, to Ganesha, you know, please remove this mental obstacle for me. Um, and eventually I started enjoying it. Now one could argue that I just got my muscle memory, got used to it and my body, you know, and all the things, but really, you know, especially, there's so much of our life that is in our head and that we are creating our own mental blocks to our progress. So if there's any way that we can have a tool to help us just get a little further and get that momentum that will help propel us in into that happy end result, that goal, um, I think it's fascinating and fabulous. So with that being said, what is our the process? You said it's a six or seven step process. What's yeah, how do we feel about that? They have a few steps. And um I actually have a few students because I'm a fitness coach that use mantras for running too. Um, so I love that you brought this up. Mantras are very powerful and yeah. used in a lot of different ways. Yeah. So usually um the first step in finding your mantra is what you need in the moment. So it sounded like, let's just use your a triathlon example right there. It sounded like you needed in the moment something that gets you going and start embracing the running portion of your triathlon. Mm -hmm. um, so maybe you needed motivation, right? Uh, feeling more jazzed up about running. Uh, so you need to think, how are you feeling? It sounded like there was like this mental block about uh, even like putting the running shoes on and getting going. And that's something that sometimes it helps in writing it down identifying your feelings but sometimes it even um is something that in the moment especially when you're getting ready to run becomes very evident because you're not maybe only thinking it but you're also i'm feeling it so you're like oh my gosh i'm feeling so reluctant and even doing this mm -hmm. <laughs> there's this huge hill that i need to climb to even uh you know get out of the door um, so that's the very first step. Identify um, what you need in the moment right there. First step, right? So okay. yes. your own feelings. Awareness, yes. Awareness. I love that you're labeling this. This is very good. Um, then the second step is really de um, kind of determining what's your intention here. So your attention now is, I'm going to run this um, triathlon. So once I tap into my feeling, my intention is overcoming the feeling and eventually becoming a really good runner. So participating in this event, I assume you did run an event, right? With it, I did. 
Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> well, and I started by doing 10 Ks and working my way up too. So oh that was the other thing. Like I, I knew, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you can start with bite-sized pieces that, you know, so you also build your confidence within it too, instead of like for me, a marathon just seemed way, way intimidating. So first I had to get past that resistance to a period right. running at all. <laughs> and then I worked myself up 5k, 10k, and then the half marathon, and then the full. Brilliant. So this is great. So your feelings immediately first were like maybe very hesitant, um, really looking at running as a chore. And your intention is to make running part of your life to where you can practice for these um, bigger events. So that was also part of your goal right there. Um, now, you know, maybe we wrote it down, you have your intention, maybe even like what always helps me is putting up some visuals or some pictures of events that you registered for. Sometimes registration helps too, because you actually spent money on it. You're mm -hmm. like, oh. no, I did that recently when I did, I just did a century ride <laughs> and I was training before I, I paid for it, but it was the paying for the event that really was like, okay, I have to stick with this, with this schedule. Cause I like sort of like, nah, you know, I've been doing it, but I wasn't, you know, a hundred percent in. <laughs> yep. So once you spend that money on it, you think, gosh, no, this is real. It's not just like, oh, like January 1, New Year's resolutions. Mm -mm. No, it's like, oh, my gosh, now it's back on white on my calendar. So um, what helps then, too, um, it's even little actions like you spend the money. It's even little actions then in, in getting ready for that particular run. So what I usually focus on is also making it as accessible as possible. So maybe um, I actually learned this recently from Brené Brown. You're going to love this. <laughs> so she always kind of like try to come up with excuses to do a run. And she started taking a picture of her running shoes and then put it in her pantry. So whenever she wanted to grab an unhealthy snack, see, she saw in Polaroid picture of her sneakers reminding her about, oh my gosh, I wanted to get ready for this particular running event. Do I really need to snack on X, Y, and Z right now? So the more you connect your intention of running and the triathlon to actions, and making it visible in your life, the better. Oh, yeah, I like that. <laughs> this is a Brené Brown trick. So <laughs> I didn't come up with it. I just thought it's a good one. So now coming back to your mantra, third step, we got to keep it short, got to keep it simple. So your mantra ideally is so short and simple that you can re easily remember it. Just as you repeated this mantra to me a little bit ago, it should be simple and it should be concise and it ideally is even less than one minute long. And you repeated this just off the bat. So I could tell you had repeated this already so many times to you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and Sanskrit, no less. <laughs> and that's the, that's the beauty of it, that you find something that connects to you. So your mm -hmm. awareness, your intention, you're keeping it short and simple right there. Now, what's really important is, and that's the fourth step, it needs to be positive. Frequently, I tell my clients, talk in a mantra like you would talk to your best friend. Mm -hmm. The best friend is yourself, right? So you find happy language that you would use if you were to motivate 
your best friend. Um, frequently, we don't talk to ourselves that way. And that's really no. one practice mm -hmm. <laughs> to yeah. use the language that you, you would use to your best friend. We frequently tell ourselves words that we would never use on anybody else. So oh, I, yeah, it's actually quite awful. I think how we talk to ourselves <laughs> in our heads. <laughs> your mantra, like get out the best words, get out those um, nuggets that you would really um, utilize on somebody else that you absolutely adore again like building your best self that's really what the happiness is all about and now what's really important is and that's why i mentioned earlier did you register for your event did you buy your running shoes um did you even put pictures in your house um the fifth step is you need to write your mantra in present tense it cannot be something like in 2025 i will run a marathon because that's a really long time away and that's not really what we want. A mantra needs to be something that it's what you want like right now. I'm running a marathon. So you use I am? It could be I am or it could be I enjoy running. Okay. Running gives me joy. Not run. Running will give me joy. No bueno. No. Run, running gives me joy. I run because I'm an athlete. A lot of people don't think of themselves as athletes, but if you read the famous book, um, The Atomic Habit, he talks mm. about the fact that you can call yourself an athlete. And alone the fact that you call yourself an athlete will already mentally release that you put yourself in a different category of a fitness person. Because mm -hmm. you say, well, I'm totally out of shape. Yeah, right, you're going to start believing that. But if you say I'm an athlete and I like running, here we go. Your mind starts believing this and you're creating this energy that actually gets you going, right? You're going to put the shoes on. You're going to actually leave the house. And it doesn't matter that you just run for 30 seconds. You're running. <laughs> we right. didn't see how long, but eventually you will run longer. Yeah. Yeah. So now step six is you have to repeat your mantra. The purpose of the mantra is you keep it repeating it yourself. Make sure it flows easily and it's very easily to say repeatedly. Now, there is never a moment when you feel like, oh my gosh, I said the mantra and now I don't actually like it. It happens. We change. Our bodies change. Our mantras change. Life is a constant source of fluidity. If you don't like your mantra, then change it modify it and maybe it could be even that you have four different mantras throughout your day your energizing mantra your calming mantra your um i need to get through the line in the grocery store mantra it doesn't matter <laughs> but mm -hmm. you can, mantras are free so just pick them up and uh, modify them and that's of course the beautiful thing that they are yours so make them yours and um, adapt them to whatever you need in that moment those are the six steps Oh, I love it. Um, yeah, I think another one that I used was every day in every way, I'm getting better and better at running. That was one of my others. Or as I was running, I would say I'm getting better and better at this, like the action of doing it. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. it's the present tense, your positivity, your simple language. It's something that you can repeat to yourself while you're running. And it it the beautiful thing is if you're doing an activity with it sometimes the mantra can even create like a rhythm of running like oh, yeah yeah. yeah for sure except and I, I think that's especially why i gravitated towards 
that Ganesha mantra because I I could repeat it to myself, but then I could also find like um, chanting songs on Spotify and they're not all slow. So it could, I could like change my pace according to, to it as well. So yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. And I love that you're bringing up this example of the mantra, how you used it and that it led to a successful outcome because sometimes you hear about something and it sounds like, yeah, this is great, but you put it into practice and it worked. So this is even better. Yes. Yeah, I yeah, I think people really underestimate the power of our language and our words. And no matter how many books are written about it and, <laughs> you know, like how many uh, people talk about it until we implement it for ourselves and see the difference it can make, it still could probably be a little um, woo-woo or elusive. But words are powerful. And it's how we use them for ourselves, whether it's positive or negative, will create the result that's either positive or negative depending on you know how we look at it oh completely and um it even translates then into any health choice that you make so um i talked earlier about my dissertation and i purposefully used the word fast food instead of saying unhealthy or healthy food because you don't really want to label foods as oh this is healthy and then people think, oh, it probably doesn't taste very good. And this is unhealthy. And then they're thinking, oh, my gosh, all the calories. So there's this negative thinking that you immediately get when I use these labels. Don't label foods this way. Just eat whatever makes you feel good. And that's individually completely different and how you feel your body really benefits from it. So the beautiful thing about um, words are really that you should use them in the way that they create energy in you and that you feel you're using the right words like nearly like little keys that unlock your optimal potential right mm -hmm. oh and yeah same thing with a mantra it's like the the key that unlocks whatever you're going for and um everybody has different mantras and that's just um so amazing that we're all so different what do you think about so sometimes i will advise my clients um like before they wake up or as they wake up in the morning before they even get out of bed and open their eyes to maybe say a mantra then so um like that's one of the things about uh, one of the ways i um, encourage people to implement a gratitude practice for example and that i think is probably just another example of what you and i are talking about today is because that could be a mantra too you know like I'm so grateful for yada, 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 or thank you. Just thank you. Thank you. Thank you for today. Thank you for this breath that I'm, you know, thank you for this bed and these pillows and all the good things, you know, <laughs> so that you start creating this forward momentum of good feeling thoughts before you even step out of your bed in the morning. I actually like it. And because I teach fitness classes, I'm also really connecting frequently mantras or sentences to music. So I actually personally like this mantra, I feel good. And there's a famous song with it, like I feel mm -hmm. good. And um, I personally like that because sometimes when I wake up, um, I kind of see the mantra and then I hear the little tune in the background and it gives me like a little, you know, jive and it makes me happy. And there is even like songs like happy or anything like that. Mm -hmm. 
the more you can think about, all right, I'm maybe not a morning person. That mantra will help me and get there. So maybe there's your intention right there. As you wake up and you express that gratitude, you're becoming really aware about um, how amazing it is to wake up and all the thoughts that you can have for this wonderful day and that you got up early, that this day is even longer. You can enjoy more time maybe with friends, with family, um, going outside. Uh, so you get the extra hour. Your gratitude is maybe, I'm grateful that I woke up early because it allows me to see the sunrise, etc. So um, you should really think about um, as you mentioned earlier with the running, there's an obstacle waking up early. So what can I do is I can use this morning mantra and taking down this mental barrier of making this an ugly moment in my day and turning it around and making it very beautiful. And the mantra will help you and get there. Mm -hmm. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um, hitting the nail right on the head too with uh, not being a morning person. Uh, I had to train myself into being a morning person uh, last last year. Yeah, in the spring, I transitioned from being a graveyard work, shift worker to a normal morning 7 a.m., you know, be at work type of person. So that was a big shift for me. And so I went through, I tried a lot of different things to try to help myself not hate getting up early in the morning, especially before the sun comes up. But one of the things I realized I loved about it was watching the sun come up, starting getting out of bed, going to the room that faces the, the east and meditating in that direction so that when the sun comes up, I could feel the light you know, like washing over me. And as I open my eyes, just, you know, letting that light come in and being so grateful and just being in that blissful meditative state too. Like I found it was, I really enjoyed um, waking up early in the morning when I implemented that practice. And so I think um, just to, you know, for anyone out there looking to change a habit or trying to enjoy something that you don't necessarily enjoy now, find those little practices, try different things, try this mantra, the one minute mantra practice, you know, maybe try um, a meditation or some sort of movement, maybe it's yoga, or maybe it's just jumping jacks as soon as you get out of bed, I don't know, whatever, <laughs> to, you know, implement, to bring in that energy of optimism. And I think like, actually seeing the possibility of the change already having happened. I think that's a piece of it too. Like having enough belief and faith in yourself that you do, you can already sort of see the happy end result before it's ever really manifested. That's amazing. I, I love this example. And I love that you say habits too, because it's really, it sometimes seems so intimidating. We talked earlier about the marathon or the triathlon or you get this new work shift and it's like oh my gosh how in the world am i going to do this but it's really just small things that you set into motion and one thing leads to the next thing leads to the next thing and that's really just how getting started right mm -hmm. so frequently i tell my clients um i'm here to motivate you i'm here to give you the tools to do this um in the end you need to do this. And I know you can, you have it in you, you can do this. You just, you're much stronger than 
who you think you are. Um, you got this in you, you know, this inner drive. But mm -hmm. I will get you there. You know, I'm going to be your your best cheerleader, cheerleader to cheer you on. But the mantra is there when I'm not there, right? That's your own cheerleader cheering for yourself. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's so true. And I think that's one of the things that um, exercise, athleticism, being on a team, especially as a little kid, being on, you know, I grew up as a competitive swimmer and I played a little soccer, but mainly my, my life growing up was swimming. And it teaches us so much, I think, about pushing through things that are hard, challenging ourselves, you know, keeping going when everything in our head says to stop. Sometimes it, that can be a survival skill, depending on what kind of situations you get yourself into, you know. So um, and then, you know, carrying that on throughout adulthood, I think, helps keep keep us resilient and helps us sort of roll with those life punches a little bit easier. I mean, we all have challenges that pop up in our life. Um, and it's, you know, how do we face those challenges? How do we react to them? That I think, you know, sort of defines if we tell someone, oh, I've had a really hard life or, yeah, I've had some challenges, but I got through them and, you know, I moved on and now I'm a happy person or I consider myself in a good place or I'm content with life, you know, whatever it is, um, just being able to say, I can do hard things. I can lift heavy things too. I love, especially women, I encourage them to lift heavy things. <laughs> it's really good for our bone density to lift heavy things. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like I'm rambling now. <laughs> I completely relate to that because I'm a fitness instructor and I always encourage women to uh, do weightlifting. And it also, it's nearly like the mantra to where at the beginning, uh, people are like, oh gosh, I can't really lift anything. I'm just getting started. And then all of a sudden you realize I'm getting stronger and I'm starting to feel better because I am getting stronger. And one thing leads to the next because you're feeling better, you're happier. And it's really like this immense uh, momentum that you're getting into. And what I also love is that um, sometimes people look at one goal really, like for instance, landing a job. But the fact that you maybe started running or the fact that you started weightlifting or getting up earlier made you a happier person and maybe ended up landing the job. So how everything is also in interconnected mm -hmm. because your inner self will become more confident and the confidence will carry through into other areas of your life too. So it's, it's really amazing how um, small habits will lead to an amazing large outcome and it will make us better people. Yes, absolutely. And so I just want to encourage people, you know, it's it's good to have big goals, but don't let those big goals discourage you from even getting started because each, you know, there's nobody out there that reaches a big goal without taking all the little individual steps. I mean, I don't care who you are on the planet, even Lance Armstrong, <laughs> you know, any other, you know, the Olympics are coming up in France next year, like all those athletes anybody even if you wanted to think about like political figures nobody got to where they are reaching those big goals without starting at square one at some point and just taking each day at a time and some days you're going to feel better some days you're going to feel worse but just keep moving forward and using that mantra to help yourself with that forward momentum because you are growing you're changing you're getting stronger 
even if some days you're exhausted and you feel really weak, you are getting stronger. And, you know, just just keep going and using tools like like this show and the steps for the mantra and uh, Christiana's show, which we'll talk about soon. And, you know, all the other tools that are out there, just start grabbing on tools and seeing what works and seeing what sticks. And if you find something that works, keep on doing it, you know? Um, yeah, I really like that. And I, I once um, thought of my own training practice as like, it comes like in packages of five, right? If you look at the past, uh, five days maybe there were three days where you felt good and two where you really actually didn't feel good and that's yay you are human totally normal could even be maybe you felt bad on all five days that's okay but the goal really is that you're aware on those days or maybe why you don't feel well and on those days maybe tap into different mantras so all mm -hmm. these tools as you mentioned are there for you and you can use them depending on your feelings, your awareness about what led to those feelings, and then quicker come back to a state to where you're feeling your best self again. Mm -hmm. So we all need to accept and respect that our body goes through changes, that we sometimes feeling better or sometimes feeling worse, but then we also need to respect and use tools that could help us get there. And if you don't have them, ask for help, that's another thing mm -hmm. that um, many people need to train that muscle, asking for help and making sure that um, you let others know and you identify, um, I need this. Um, just do it. Don't be, you know, don't feel it's a sign of weakness. It's actually a sign of strength to ask for help. Mm -hmm. Yes. And you never know like who out there can recommend another resource for you also. So when you ask for help, the person you ask might not have the exact tool that you need, but they might know someone that does. So, you know, it doesn't help. It doesn't hurt to ask multiple people for maybe, you know, is help with this sort of the same thing just to see how many different resources you can pull together. Brilliant. Yeah, you. All great advice yeah. here. <laughs> awesome. So do, do tell us about your show and, um, you know, where we can listen to you and find you. Yeah. So my podcast is called Happy Healthy Hustle. That's also one thing that we actually just talked about previously. We are all hustling, overcoming our own challenges, but we're all striving to be happy people and healthy so the Happy Healthy Hustle podcast is available on all major podcast distributors. I would love for you to tune in and reach out. And I'm available at Hello Happy Nest. It's all in one word. That's my website. And you can also find me on Instagram. That's my preferred social media um, platform at hello.happy.nest. And I would really encourage you to reach out with any questions, reach out with any feedback. I do have a wellness program that's called Journey to Wellness, where I've helped um, hundreds of other people already reach their personal health goals. And I always say it's also a journey. So we have to keep going. Mm -hmm. um, we don't want to feel there's a one stagnant goal. We always keep going. Earlier, you mentioned you ran the 10K and then you ran this and you ran that. So goals are transitional. And that's the beautiful thing that I hope you reach milestones 
and um, get onto your journey to wellness and whatever your goals is, identify them and help you along the way. So I would love to hear from you too and make you part of my community. Yes, everybody, definitely check out hellohappiness.com. Check out her podcast. And if you um, want to get links to her work, I will have them in the show notes, which live on my website, drlaramay.com forward slash podcast. And that's where all the show notes live. So um, Christiana, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time and your expertise. And anything else before we wrap up? It was wonderful to connect with the audience here. And I'm really looking forward to um, hearing from you, um, any feedbacks. And the best thing would be if some people could even reach out and share their mantra with me, um, because yeah. that's always amazing. Um, we are not just doing this to um, teach you, but we're also doing this to actually see some results. So reach out and share your mantra with us and tag us in your Instagram post if you created one. And we would love to hear from you. Yes, yes, yes. A ditto, all of that. So thank you, everyone. And we will catch you in the next episode.